Talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Bad day. That starts and ends with me. That today's performance starts in the hats off to the Arizona Cardinals for what they were able to accomplish today. And uh, the rest of it starts and ends with me. Thank you for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Fantasy sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, Dynasty Sports Empire has you covered. Visit them online, DynastySportsEmpire.com, to join a startup hockey basketball league today. I'm Brian Peacock. Right next to me is Nick Winkler. Yeah, and uh, Nick Winkler is not too happy based on what happened on Sunday. We saw it coming, though. I mean, it wasn't a big surprise. Yeah, no, you're right. Tough game. You know, you're heading into Arizona. We, we'd said Arizona was one of the better teams in the NFL, and they showed it. And, you know, I like that Jimmy T coming, you heard it there, saying it starts and ends with him. And, you know, you kind of got the same stuff from Kaepernick, too, saying, you know, I everything we, good we did, I negated it. You know, I do stuff have some like Kaepernick. Let's, let's hear what Cap had to say about his performance. The biggest thing was I didn't play well. I put our, our team behind the eight ball from the jump, and we never rebounded from that. He really did. It's pretty honest. Yeah. He was, you know, it was one of the best post-game interviews I've ever heard from Cap in probably his worst game ever. Yeah. So that that's, was that's a good. semi-impressive thing. You know, I mean, he had a terrible game, but to come up yeah. and man up and he was, you know, more outspoken about things than normal, he went on to say a little something else like this. Very hard for me to deal with. Very hard uh, to see myself go out and play like that and hurt this team uh, the way I did. Um, I nullified all the efforts of every other player on that field today and... That's something I have to fix. I have to be better for this team moving forward. Yeah, you know what I, I heard there is, is a humble guy. And that's great. You know, I right. mean, you, you need to maybe take a step back to take take two steps forward. So, And maybe that's what he's doing right there. He's like, yeah, you know what? I really screwed up. I really, I really, you know, I really messed up for the team. I, he doesn't want that to happen again. So maybe he's working out even harder. Maybe, you know, maybe... Maybe he's going to bring something this weekend against Packers. Historically, he's played really well against them. He has. And I like the word nullified. First yes. of all, Cap's usually short with his words, and he's you right. know, he, he's a little bit uh, eloquent there, so that was kind of nice. Uh, and nullified is what happened. That game was over early. Quickly. Very, very quickly. First two possessions, pick sixes. Obviously, that's not how you want to start a game. And then I got really frustrated because the 49ers then on their next possession came out, run, 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 punt. And at the time, I was really frustrated, but then you hear Jimmy T talk about it afterwards, and he's like, you know what? We wanted to stick to our game plan. It was really early, and I wanted these guys to see that, yeah, we've still got time to come back in this game. Let's not get away. He actually he uh, he compared it to a basketball team taking a timeout. You know, like it, basically, hey, we just need to we need to stop this. We need Regroup, to stop. get back to themselves. You don't want quickly. to throw a third pick six that quickly. Either. I mean, that's true. Yeah. So if if the quarterback is going to have a terrible day and he's the one that got you in that bind right do you just give him the ball again so i, I kind of see where you're going with that is yeah you, you go to your other strengths you can get a little something going get the offense clicking and then then try to gouge him but man it's hard to come back 
period in that in that case and without throwing the ball I mean what do yeah. you do especially against Carson Palmer and that offense that has been so good so far this season how about Chris Johnson too for the Cardinals I you know I made a comment last week I called him old Chris Johnson yeah and uh, yeah. Edward Cole our guest last week was like whoa whoa I don't think he's old you know he's actually looks really good right now this that was that. the best rushing performance against Ooh, the 49ers man. defense this season he looked and fast because obviously versus Adrian Peterson, they shut him down and shut down that. I right. mean, that whole game was was all about shutting down the run and, and out physical out physicaling, if that's a word. I like that out physicaling yeah. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and D'Angelo Williams didn't do all that much early in that game. Uh, he scored from some they, short yeah, distances. It was, it was you know they couldn't stop the the third down plays, and then by the end they were kind of got beaten down. But he was still well under four yards per carry. So this was the first time you saw the run defense not hold up, which is a really bad sign. It, yeah, it really was, and, and you know maybe it maybe it had something to do with the again. You know, we we talked with uh, with with Mr. Cole last weekend, and he mentioned how good that offensive line has been for Arizona, and they got a little bit of pressure on Palmer early, but didn't get any sacks, and he was still making some pretty good passes and this and that. But yeah, they they seem to run at will against the 49ers, uh, and that was that was scary to see. That is scary, and. It, their goal line defense needs needs a little bit of work it too. Does. They've it does. Back to back weeks. Have been able to plunge it in on them pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, and at least make them you know force them to to throw that fade that never works in the NFL. You know, instead <laughs> right. of letting them just run right up the middle. Uh, yeah, Cap's worst day you mentioned is sixteen point seven QB rating, only threw for sixty seven yards in those four interceptions. What I disliked yet again is the predictable play calling. You know, I get it. You're, 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 you're going to try to run the ball with, with Hyde all day, and you're going to do these little short outs. But take a friggin' deep shot down the field. They did on their first possession coming out of the half, but that's just too late at that point because they're, they're ready for that. You're down, what, by 30 points almost at that time. Of course they're going to be back there waiting for it. And, you know, they, they threw an interception or capped it. And, but, but then, you know, you watch that happen, and then I have to second-guess myself like, well, maybe they shouldn't take the deep pass down the field. Maybe Cap doesn't have that in his game, and that's why they don't take it. They only did it then because they were trailing by so much. Yeah, and what's concerning for me is how easy it's looked for opposing teams to run around, get open, yeah. hit the open man. It's a, it's a simple concept, right? And, and for the 49ers, it's been so difficult mm-hmm. to get a guy open and then also to hit that open man. Right. Um, and Teron Matthew talked about you know his comments after the game were yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, I'm saying that it was so simplified that they knew what was coming, and that's the way it looked. It really did. Um, so I got to kind of take his word for it on that. Yeah, and that's a frightening thing. If you could take away half the field against the quarterback, you know that you're going to have a very bad day. And especially when you know your offensive line can't block anyone, and they can't really you know they can't give your quarterback any time. And you know Hyde Hyde still looked pretty good. You know, despite the fact that he had no time. You know what I really noticed, too, is when Mike Davis got in there. So far, you know, we've seen Mike Davis in two games. And I feel like every time he touches the ball, he, there's a defender in his face. Oh, yeah. It's just, I know it's not his fault. But at the same time, like, it's like, oh, He's try just something else. He's fighting to get back to the line of scrimmage yeah. when he gets in I, that game. I almost feel bad for him at this point. Right. It, back to that. Back to Matthew real quick. Mm-hmm. His interception, that was, that was, to me, worse than the pick sixes. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know what Cap was. What was doing he looking on at? That throw. What was he looking at? And I've never seen him throw a ball like that. Yeah, it was that. That I made a joke on Twitter that some people didn't like about his touch. He was like, "Oh, there's that newfound touch." Because he, I've never seen him throw a ball that it looked like it looked like what you would want the pass to look like right. if it was ten yards further down the field. But it was just it was an short, awful, awful throw. Yeah, 
It didn't look you you nailed it. It didn't look like a Kaepernick ball. There was there just didn't have the speed on it, the velocity, that kind of yeah, the and, arc even looked a little weird. I and mean, the knock has been that he needs to add touch, but if that's what it's gonna look like, yeah. stop I'll pass. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's <laughs> no, let's thanks. throw some seeds in there because that that yeah, that definitely didn't work. No, no, it didn't. And you know, and you're one and two now, you know, you got an extremely tough Green Bay Packers squad coming into town. Oh, I just I, I want to see more read option. I mean, they they scored. On the read option run by Kaepernick, you know he he's looked good so far this season running it, mm-hmm. and it, you you worry, yeah, he's your franchise quarterback, this and that. But at the same time, if your franchise quarterback is going to go out and throw for sixty seven yards, is he really your franchise quarterback? Yeah, and I don't necessarily want to see the Blink Abbott show because no. a running quarterback oftentimes is a hurt quarterback, yeah, and that's scary too. So if your best weapon is also something that could really hurt your team long and it's term. a double-edged sword yeah yeah because yeah. then you you run to win games but then you get hurt and then you got to bring in blaine gabbard that, and exactly that's so they i mean to me you've got to get that can be such a that has to be a small part of your offense you've got to be able to keep the run game going and you've got to put yourself in a uh, situation where you can run the ball when you're yeah. not down so much right so you know it all kind of comes together and they've got to find something with their passing game the only success they've had passing the ball has been in, in sort of garbage time against the Steelers. Yeah. Um, so they've got to find something on offense in the passing game they can hang their hat on. It's been Bolden in the past. They've got to get that connection going, um, take some shots down the field with Torrey Smith. Yeah, they just keep setting up these wide receiver screens and these tiny little outs, and that's leading to pick sixes. And, and it hurts me to say this, but Vernon Davis kind of looks done. Well, he Yeah, I right? mean, he's injured again. You know, he's got an, another ankle, or maybe it's a knee, I don't know, but he does. He does look done. They're going to Selleck. You know, he's getting open. I mean, mm-hmm. if Davis can't beat a linebacker, then he is done. Yeah, well, he's never been the, the most shifty guy. Right, but he's, he's been fast. fast. And if he loses he's that speed, line-ish. then right. he's got nothing. And that's what happens. You get older, yeah. um, you get nicked up, you get beat up, and, you know, you lose a step. And I think Davis might be one of those players that you can't, can't afford to lose a step. i got to ask you that's a legitimate game. question here. I, I don't want it to be true because I've been – uh, oh man, I, I've loved watching Carlos Hyde. I love love he's on my team as opposed to another team. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to ask the question and don't answer it yet because I'm going to give a little backup here. Is Carlos Hyde a punk? Here's why I asked that question. Okay, okay? they're down twenty eight nothing, and he runs over a defender, and then he gets up and just stands over him. You know, like talking trash to him. dude. You're down twenty eight nothing. Like get back to the huddle. You know, try try to keep moving the ball and. And it's not just that one play. I've seen him do that sort of thing a few times. He in game one, you know, he was fined for pointing at the defender, and he scored a touchdown. Luckily, they weren't penalized on the play, right? But he was fined by the NFL for that. Also, you know, you've got his post game t- uh, comments about Kaepernick and and how you know he does he can't make that throw and stuff like this. Like, is he a punk? Is he just young? Does he need to figure it out? Does he need to be pulled aside? Like, this is when you think maybe Frank Gore would have had a talk with him last year or something. I mean, I see where you're going with that. Who's around? It's, who's around to, to talk to pull him aside and tell him this isn't okay? I don't think it's enough to where you can call him a punk necessarily. Yeah, I think is he on like the road to Punkville? If, if he's doing stuff like that every week, someone's got to sit him down. Punked him. Uh, first of all, if you're hurting your team by getting penalties, yeah, which hasn't stupid. happened yet. Uh, he, he got flagged for the taunting, but that it didn't really hurt the team. Right, in that first right. game. Calling out your team in public and your teammates, that was way worse. That I mean, was probably cool. during the game. If you're frustrated, you run a guy over, you stand over him. Don't necessarily like it, but right. you see that a lot in football in the NFL. Calling out teammates, yeah. that's just, you know, and he's just maybe not, you know, he's a young guy, maybe not media savvy. 
Yeah, that's got to stop. You can't do that. And so, I'm sure someone's talked to him about that. So also, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, down 28 nothing. He's standing over a guy. He's frustrated. I, I'm watching this game late. It's 40 to 7. Seven minutes left in the game. Am I the only one that was bothered that on a fourth and one that Arizona went for it and then got it and then ran the ball, no big deal, but then passed two times? Up 40-7 to seven in the red zone? You're going to pass twice? Here's, here's what I'll say about that. I think that is the thing that you you say, okay, yeah, I re- I'll remember that. Yeah. And when they come to your house, yeah. if you get an opportunity, uh, that's where Jim Harbaugh comes in, when he stuck it to Pete Carroll back in the right? day, right? And that's kind of where that comes from. Like I, I feel like Keep if there wasn't the a rivalry already, maybe this is like the birth. Like this is the kind of thing that starts a true rivalry. You know, yeah, it wasn't in our house, but... You're up forty to seven, and you're taking shots into the end zone. And I, I think it, I don't have the exact quote in front of me or any audio of it, but Arians was asked about that, and I think what he said was he didn't like what he was seeing from his offense, and he wanted to get something. This else isn't going. practice, Arians. This isn't a. You're not up Even against a scout like team. Even though it seemed like it was the scout it team did, this it, week, yeah, it may have seemed like you were running seven on seven out there, but you were not. These were grown men, and you're rubbing it in their face. No, and I I don't like it, and I hope the 49ers didn't like it, and I hope it pissed them off. Yeah, I agree. And you know, there was another moment too after the safety. Uh, Rodney Gutner, he mocked Kaepernick with a little muscle kiss. Oh, no, I did not yeah. see that. Yeah, you know, I, I saw it on, on Ryan Sakamoto's page, NinerFans.com. Actually, we're going to have Ryan on the show today. Yes, we didn't mention our guests coming right. up on the show two today. Guests. We have two guests, which is a first for Gold Faithful, Ryan Sakamoto from NinerFans.com. All you Niner fans probably know him. Follow him on Twitter. And Weston Hotkowitz, who's a beat writer at PackersNews.com. Talk a little Know Your Enemy segment right. where we get a little in-depth glimpse into the Green Bay Packers. That's right. Look look ahead to that Packers game a little bit later in the show. Man, Larry Fitzgerald, he was a, a nightmare in the slot. People were putting him to bed. They're, yeah. Fitzgerald. And done. then they moved him to the slot, and he leads the NFL with five touchdowns. That's, and, that's yeah. a really big thing right now. It is the, it's almost the new number one receiver is who's in the slot. Yeah, because you're up against either a linebacker, a nickel corner, or safety. And oh man, it's tough to cover because you can get Especially off the line for of the Niners. It's tough to bump and run. Yeah, um, you know you're, you're, you don't have a boundary on either side. That uh, you know a lot of these. Corners like Richard Sherman's a really great boundary corner. Namdi Asimov is the same way. Right. When he's with the Raiders. Use that sideline to your advantage. When they started asking him to move all around with the Eagles, it's much more difficult. And you saw his career sort of uh, take a dive. And so, th- I mean, it's a great weapon in the slot. You see it with Philadelphia. They got Jordan Matthews, and he's a big slot guy. And you, you, you it doesn't have to be a quick little speedy guy. You saw it with Fitz, um, Jimmy Graham, right? Gronk. That they're all. Bolden kind of has run the slot a right. lot for the 49ers. Exactly. I mean, this this is definitely a hot spot in the NFL, and uh, it's the year of the receivers so far, right? In the NFL, and I'm, I'm worried about those receivers coming in this weekend. It's something you got to stop. And if it, the 49ers want to be a run first team and they want to be tough. You still got to stop the pass, and you still yeah. got to put some points on the board. So that's that's what we need to look for. And you know, we we're talking about the, the troubles that the 49ers are having in their uh, in their secondary right now. And you know, there's a, a little bit of a a controversy happening, and it's with Sharice Wright. Yes, uh, he was you know he was brought in to to basically be the starter. He started you know in the beginning of the preseason for the 49ers, and he's been inactive all three games. It was pretty clear that they that he didn't win any job there. So. The question is, and I'm sure this is what he's asking himself, is why the heck am I on the roster right now? And that's just it. He He's really not. I mean, he's on the roster, but he's not playing any games, so he's not really getting paid. He's supposed to be getting twenty, like almost $22,000 every game that he's active. So he's already out like $66,000. So, I mean, this is the kind of guy like, 
obviously he wants to play. He wants to make money. That's his job. But if if he's not better than than Acker, you know, and Reeser and these guys, like, of course he's going to be set because he's making so much more money than them, right? I mean, it's also a business we're we're talking about here. Which, but. I, and I don't know the, the cap ramifications, but if he's making the most, it's, it makes sense to cut him. And that sounds yeah. like that's probably what he wants at this point. Yeah. He's not going to play. Of course. But uh, at the same time, when the 49ers are getting you know picked apart in the secondary, maybe you give him a shot. You know? He's a veteran presence. Yeah. And the guys that are playing, it, it's it's tough because what do you do? Do you try to get the guys that you want to be the starters more yeah. experience and yeah. get them better? Or do you go with the veteran guy? Do the Niners the young players? know that this is a throwaway year and that they want to give these guys some experience? I mean, uh, and that's the tough question. I mean, there's so many questions that go along with that line of thinking. You get yeah. started, and like this could become a draft podcast really quickly, right? And I, I, I'm not ready to go there yet. No, Even though I love not. the draft, and I mean, of that's, course, we'll of be course. talking a lot about that. That's my thing. We no can doubt. do that. But I don't want to throw in the towel on this season. Even if they lose, well, oh, let me put it this way. Let me ask you this: If mm-hmm. I told you before the season started. After week three, the 49ers would be one and two. That's what I predicted. You'd be fine with it. Yeah. Like, okay, this, good. We I took mean, one I, of those I, three games. Tough start to the season. Sure. Sure. So what's really, I mean, it's looked It's bad. how they've looked. Yeah. That, that's what. That's the big problem. But in the in the grand schemes, what's the problem? We're one and two. Yeah. Home game. Our second home game. Won the first one. If they two, win this game, everyone tough, shuts up. Right? right. Exactly. We had two tough road games. Nobody yeah. thought they'd win anyways. No. Of course not. And, you know, if you, if you somehow find a way to beat the Packers at home, which teams play better at home, that's just a fact. That's just and, and NFL games, you never actually know what's going to happen. So if they win this game, all's forgotten, all's forgiven. People just are like, oh, what, Arizona? Oh, yeah, I don't even remember. I think they lost, right? And it takes me back to Kaepernick talking about nullifying that game for the rest of his teammates, and that's kind of what happened. They stopped the Cardinals on the first drive. First drive, yeah. Got a little pressure. Yeah. And it got the ball back. Yeah. And that's, okay, great, good start. Pick six. Ugh. And and then the next time that Arizona gets the ball, they're up 14 nothing. Right. Yeah. That's not that's that's tough. So it, it what could have been a competitive game yeah. was just there was no chance for it. It was thrown so away very quickly. It, it was almost and, and God, that's just you don't like assigning wins and losses to quarterbacks. Right. I've never really liked that. And there's I mean, there's big Twitter wars about it. People like it's people get really mad. It's not a stat. Yeah. Quarterback wins aren't a stat. <laughs> well, it's a stat if someone counts it. Right. But it, it's a team game, and it and for a game to end so early, all because of one player, basically, that that was just two was very tough. bad plays by Kaepernick, and they were done. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's that's rough. Yeah. You know, let's, uh, let's move forward. Let, let's, let's... I would like to turn the page on that game. Yeah, let's go ahead and let's bring on our first well, guest. Let's, yeah, let's talk to our first guest. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and then we'll move on to the Packers. I love it. Okay, joining us now, founder and CEO of NinerFans.com. Follow him on Twitter, Sakamoto Ryan. It's Ryan Sakamoto. How you doing? Good, good. How about yourself? Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate hey, yeah, it. thank you so much for joining us. We are fantastic. I mean, you know, still kind of licking our wounds from the uh, the Cardinals' loss there. But a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on that. Um, although I do want to get your uh, well, get your thoughts here on an article that you wrote on NinerFans.com. It's about the unfair blame being placed on Kaepernick for those offensive woes. And it's funny because as I was reading your breakdown of how bad the offensive line's been, I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, it's kind of Anthony Davis's fault. And sure enough, there you go. You talk about how, you know, it was so abrupt how Davis retired, leaving the, the Niners in a, in a lurch there. So, you know, all that being said, you, you get to watch a lot of practice. Is there any answer for Piers and, and Debbie and Martin? I mean, the backups can't be worse, right? 
I think some of the backups are actually better. Yeah, that's better. what I'm saying. Yeah. Andrew Tiller is a guy who I've been hot on. I spoke with him today, and a lot of the players actually like him a lot. They think that he can get the job done, and I just spoke to him today, and he said, you know, it's not up to him. And he just, you know, basically taking the team player approach, you know, I'm just working, doing the best that I can do and handling what's in my control. And he basically said he's going to trust the coaching staff and when when and if they'll let him suit up. But a lot of the players, they're saying he's knocking players off the ball. I see him. He's looking, he looks strong. He's a strong boy. And it can't get, let's put it this way, it can't get any worse having Jordan Debbie at right guard. Right. Yeah, and uh, he, Tiller looked really good in the preseason, and, and some other guys looked okay. And uh, the only thing I can think of is they just want to keep the cohesion there. And yeah. they, they picked some guys, and they want them to work together. But, man, it seems like you could plug a guy in, and it's and if there's a potential for him to play better, it, it makes sense. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, uh, the big problem with, with the Kaepernick issue was, was how quickly – it, it happened, uh, Cardinals. Again, we'll just we'll just touch on this before we we move on to to future stuff. Uh, I didn't like the the post game comments from Carlos Hyde. I mean, I know some people kind of just briefly mentioned it, and it almost seemed like he was throwing his quarterback un, under the bus there. You know, saying like you can't make that throw. People were open. You know, this and that. D- do you feel like that was a problem? In the locker room with, with Hyde's comments, I mean, you got you got Tory Smith being asked the same questions, and he's just like, "Yeah, that kind of stuff happens," and you know, you got to recover plenty of time, this and that, more of a, a veteran stance. Whereas Hyde, you know, second year guy, maybe maybe not making the the best comments there. Yeah, as a young kid, he probably had a talk with the PR there, but at the end of the day, you know, can you blame Hyde for what? I mean, you should never throw a, your own player under the bus. If right. you're going to do it, do it behind closed doors and say, "Hey, look, man." That was a horrible decision you made. Yeah. Not, yeah. He wasn't necessarily wrong. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, well, the, you, just the, the the act of saying that in public over the microphone, yeah, kind of a, a, a Bush League move. I'm sure someone pulled him aside, whether it was a veteran or a coach. No doubt. It's, do it leads me to this question that's kind of a follow-up. I mean, after two just beatdowns in Pittsburgh and Arizona, have you sensed the team? I mean, is things still upbeat, preparing as usual for the Packers? Or do you think there's maybe not necessarily a negative vibe, but – you know, some anxiety among players or coaches? No, I don't sense that at all. I, I think they knew what they had going into the season. I think as a coaching staff, everybody from the top down knew this was going to be what's called, you know, they don't call it rebuilding, but reloading or reloading stage. So to say that they were unprepared for this type of scenario to play out, I think that they were prepared for it, but they're staying upbeat, doing what they can. They're not going to lay over and just die. They're going to fight. And there's still plenty of football to be played. So anything can happen from here until December. So we don't know how the team's going to gel because this is a very young team. Even me as a beat writer, I'm kind of pessimistic right now because of those losses. And not just so much the losses, but how they lost those games. And it's kind of how we're going to see how they're going to bounce back from that. And that's going to be a telling story moving forward against the Green Bay Packers. You know, and we talk about moving forward, Ryan. Um, So... Predictable play calling, that, that's that been my problem in the past. Do you, do you see, it, we, you know, there's been talk about the simplified offense and all of this, and, oh, it's, you know, Tyron Matthews saying, oh, we knew it was coming, it was super easy. Uh, I mean, is that going to be a, a point of focus this week during practice, and when they come out against Green Bay, is it, is it going to have a new look to it, you think? I don't see how you can, any NFL offense, how can you switch things from one week to the next unless you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers under center? I just don't see that happening with Kaepernick. I think what you see, I think he said today in his press conference, nothing's going to change. I mean, they may tweak a little things, 
some things here and out, but when, when Tyron Matthews said, oh yeah, we knew he was going to, we can just take away half the field and he was going to roll right and we can just anticipate and undercut the routes. Well, maybe this upcoming week, maybe they don't roll out as much or maybe they roll out left or maybe they kind of do some naked bootlegs, but other than that, there's only so much you can do because during the off season, you're working on the offense and gelling the offense, right? Yeah, new coaching staff that came in place, so to make sudden changes now would be just kind of like starting over again. So I just think that they're just going to go with it, with what they have and just try to make some tweaks in here and there, but I don't see any drastic changes. Right, and you can't, I mean, sometimes it's just a bad day. Sometimes sure, you sure. just have to turn the page because what Collar and Kaepernick had with those two pick sixes, I mean, that was crazy. You know, I can't remember a time when the game felt so over that early. You <laughs> After know, two possessions. After the first one, I was thinking, oh, man, okay, look, got a little pressure, got a punt, got the ball back. Boom, right. pick six. Oh, gosh. This week after all we saw last week. Yeah. And then, boom, another one. I was just like, well, what I'm, what do I do right now? Do I turn on the San Francisco Giants game? Do I continue to <laughs> Because I, I was kind of out, you know. And I was impressed that, that the team kind of played hard still. They, sure. They, they didn't look like they were completely out of it at that point. But, Ryan, I got to ask you, I mean, are the 49ers in for another inevitably uh, tough Sunday? Because, you know. Looks like some of the, the youth and the defensive scheme, that really good veteran QBs and receivers are what's been giving this team fits, and there's another great duo coming to Levi's this week in Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. I do. I hate to say it, but I do hope I'm wrong. But, <laughs> right. You know, I, I get paid based on what I feel is going to happen. So I think it's going to be another – I think I was thinking about it today. I think it's going to be 35 to 13, something like that. Is there anything you see that the 49ers could take advantage of? If the 49ers do come out with a W – what happened? Turnovers. Yeah, they got to they got they got turnovers either either through special teams or trip sack Aaron Rodgers back you know on in their own territory something like that. But they have to get turnovers. If they don't get turnovers, Aaron Rodgers is going to play keep away and just chuck it downfield. He basically have his. Let's face it. Jimmy Ward was brought in and drafted to play the slot corner. Yeah, he's not playing the slot corner right. very well. So when you have to shift and move Tremaine Brock to sometimes play the slot. You have to move other pieces around to try to counter that deficiency. Your whole secondary gets depleted and gets exposed. And Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to know, hey, look, here's Randall Cobb. I'm going to put him in the slot. There's no one one-on-one that can go against him. So even if you have a safety top, safety over top, that's just going to open the, the outs. Right. So he's just going to have his pick his poison on Sunday. You're putting, that, you're putting more pressure on Eric Reed, and he hasn't yeah, necessarily right. looked great in coverage either. In the old scheme, he kind of looked good as a center fielder. He, you know, he has good range. Right. But when he has to man up on a guy, I, I just don't think that's his strength. So just not getting any pressure on the quarterback too. Yeah. Having all day to stand back there. Roethlisberger had it. I mean, they they got a few hits on Palmer here and there, made a couple of hurries, but. Oh, when when he had time, yeah, he was just dissecting that defense. He's the founder and CEO of NinerFans.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sakamoto Ryan. It's Ryan Sakamoto. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, thank you very much. You guys have a good day. You All right, same. Ryan Sakamoto, love to see him hustling. He's doing big yeah. things over there at, at NinersFans.com. You know, we, we, we keep focusing on the bad and all this, but, you know, obviously for good reason. You know, there's been a lot of bad here the last game right, and a half, right, game, yeah. game in three quarters. How about some bright spots? Let's well, talk about some things look, to look forward to. You know, it's it's funny because we're playing the Packers this week. Right. I'm going to let a California kid who knows what it's like to have your back against the wall, maybe have underperformed a little bit, mm-hmm. and see what message he has for 49ers fans out there. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
Uh, I think I, we can take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm not going to relax, though, because nope. I see another, you know, let's not do our predictions yet, but I don't see a good weekend this week. Then we got to go on the road. But there are York. some positives. I mean, a yeah. bad two weeks for the 49ers, but there are some things to uh, to look forward to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a young defense, which I put as a bright spot. It's it's hurting us right now, but I mean, you got Aaron Lynch, you got Dial Armstead, you got Tart, Acker, even Will Hoyt and Reed are still, you know, what, in third and fourth year. I mean, there's definitely a lot to look forward there in the future for this defense. And, you know, maybe they figure it out this weekend and they start gelling as a unit and and look good. I mean, you know, like, like you heard Sakamoto say it, turnovers. That's going to be the key to, to winning this game this weekend. And, you know, you, hopefully one of these young guys or, or one of the, the, the veterans steps up and makes a big play. Is that your, so is that your number one reason? Are we going to do like a no, little top five here? I mean, or? That, that would be a top reason. It's just you're just going to name some top reasons yeah, yeah, to be yeah. optimistic. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. I mean, we could do a top five. If no, you want. It don't, we don't have to uh, rank it out or anything. How about you throw one out now? Let's go okay, back we'll, and forth. Okay, I like this it. little yeah. tennis match here. Yeah, okay. How about this? And this is sort of something that, that stood out to me this week. Uh, we are not the Chicago Bears. Wow, I like it. Zero uh, and three. Uh huh. Because a lot of uh, a lot of hate has gone on Jimmy T. Sure. And in the coaching staff for the two ugly losses. But who's the coaching staff of the Chicago Bears? Yeah, exactly. Adam Gase and Vic Fangio. Hey, which, that could have been us. Who? That, those are the only people it would have been, other than right. who we have. Right. And they're the they're one of the teams. There are some other zero and three teams. Playing worse football than the 49ers right now. And, yeah, the Bears have a, a hurt quarterback as well. I mean, yeah, there's a, right. we, we've at least got our starting quarterback still. We do. You know, our, no real big injuries. You know, obviously, knock on wood. Uh, it'd be nice to see Reggie Bush get on the field. I mean, we knew going in that Reggie Bush was made of glass. So, yeah, that, that's <laughs> definitely – that's a bright spot, too. I mean, Reggie Bush will come back at some point. So, yeah. that, that that's not even on my list. Maybe some explosive plays there. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. That Could wasn't be. on my list either, but a good call. Yeah, I mean, one of my biggest spots would be Carlos Hyde. I mean, we still have him. He's still on our team. He still looks great, fast and strong. I mean, he just needs a little help in the passing game. Yeah, he, get those he guys needs, out of the box. He needs to not have a team that's down 20 points. Right. You know, right. so you can st- stick to that game plan and keep running the ball, even though, you know, they did come back and Jimmy T talked about – uh, why he ran the ball? They they right. went six straight run plays after very the frustrating when I was watching it. But I can it makes imagine sense yeah. when you hear Jimmy T talk about it. Yeah, uh, what you got one? Yeah, I got one. How about Jared Hayne? Yeah, thirty-seven yard punt return to set up the only score for the 49ers and in that game. It was like the only exciting part of the game. It was their one highlight. <laughs> yeah. We heard it at the top of the show. My question is, why is he not returning kickoffs as well? Yeah, you know, actually, uh, I got I got a great comment about that from uh, from their special teams coach. Actually, uh, he was asked about it. DeAndre White didn't even look that good. I mean, yeah, he didn't look horrible, but there no. were some times where there was actually this one late in the game where the three guys right in front of him, the three blockers, kind of, you know, they do that hand holding thing almost, and then yeah. they run. They all ran one way to the right and blocked one guy, and then he ran to the left. It was like, okay, and then boom, he got tackled. Like, uh, that's not the best vision there. Well, following but... your blockers didn't work the first time. So yeah. He almost lost one. I know, I know. Yeah. Special teams coach uh, Thomas McGahee actually said it's it's not Jared Haynes' skill set, that his is more suited for the punt game because it's, it's all about space, you know, and how he looks in open space, which in the punting game there's a lot more open space. You know, mm-hmm. you only have a couple gunners coming down there, whereas on a kickoff, you got ten guys pretty much almost sprinting straight at you. And you got to go and find that crease and hit it. But I want to see it. I still, I still see do. It. Yeah, and it's not like White is doing so something so great that you can't take him out of it and exactly. give him a shot. Yeah. And Hayne did it in the preseason. He looked fine doing it. So look, he looked good. Yeah, yeah, he averaged over thirty yards. I mean, uh, what was fun too about the Jared Hayne uh, the return was not only because it was the first real highlight for the 49ers, but we also got to then see rugby highlights. Of Jared Hayne. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just what a beast he was. What was that? Was that the Hayne train? 
So yeah, that's. I mean, he's a bright spot. He's and he's every game, even if you're losing, you want to see him yeah. get the ball. It's just a fun aspect to the 49ers right now. And in, in a game like last week, I wanted to see him touch the ball more. That's why I'm saying, dude, put him back for kickoffs as well. Yeah, and my other bright spot, I guess, would be uh, looking past this weekend. You know that you got at New York Giants it doesn't look you know terribly difficult. I mean, obviously it's on the road. That's that's you know a long way to travel, but it's a Sunday night game. So they've, they've played well under the lights uh, opening night there for them. So, you know, maybe that's something well. And then you've got you come home and you've got back-to-back home games. You know, you've got the Ravens and then the Seahawks on a short week with Seattle having to travel. So, you know. It, look, and the way things look right now, those look like more winnable games than what they've had the last two exactly. and now three weeks with the Packers. Although the Packers, it's a home game. Every team's uh, beatable. They're on a short week. Yeah. It's so hard to go 4-0. and And the 49ers have had... You know, some really good games against the Packers of late. So they, they, they know what yeah, kind of scheme their works. It's not like this game is just an automatic loss. Right. And so this league, every game is winnable, I think, every week. You got any more bright spots? I do. I have a lot of bright spots. I can Ooh, keep going all just day. Just keep going, yeah. Uh, I have, how about this? We're still tied with the Seahawks. Hey, oh, there you two. go. Uh, it's for last place in the division, unfortunately. <laughs> but we're tied with the Seahawks at one and two. So everybody who thought the Seahawks were going to run away with things and the 49ers were going to be terrible, guess what? They're tied right now. And we'll yeah. see, you know, you, like you mentioned a couple of weeks when they play again. Um, but how about this for a positive? Eric Armstead. Yeah. Making plays. Yeah, he was part of my, my young defense. Yeah, yeah deep yeah. in the backfield. Uh, please don't celebrate when you're getting beat by 40 points. Agreed. I, I definitely had that but as a negative. Also, one another positive. It's like a sub-positive to that, the tummy rub. I like I in do. a different setting. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're up by 40, maybe tummy rub. Right. Or a close game. Yeah. Or just, yeah. It was the first sack on Palmer all year. That's true. By I anyone. understand he's probably excited to be in there and making plays. Right. And I think he definitely earned some more snaps. Yeah, and, and he's getting more snaps every week. Right, you know his snap count has gone up, so that's that's positive, that's encouraging. And the the big thing with Armstead is is consistency and mm-hmm. having a fire on every down because that was kind of his because physically he's a monster. Right, and he can I've seen him move big men just right off the ball. Just you know here you're done. Just lock out his arms and push an offensive lineman backwards. Right, ten feet. But can he do that for multiple plays? You got to keep. Yeah, that's what made. Justin Smith so good yes. and some other just that tenacity coming every down and just be nasty right, nasty right. and so we'll see if, if he has that in him because um, he, he he's so. been a streaky player in college and uh, so if, if you could put that sort of physical ability and put some a nasty streak in there and maybe this is the kind of thing that lights that fire you know like oh that felt good getting a sack you know right. like we didn't get a sack all last week yeah yeah, yeah and it having a chip on your shoulder yeah. playing a little bit angry it's like you know what we're not as bad as everyone thinks we are there you go like to see some more of that. Well, I got I got one more. Do you? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's going to lead right into our pinioned inside the twenty. Oh, yes, yes, it's Bradley Pinion. I think that he's a, he's a bright spot. He's got a a nice booty. Had a great game, six punts, which you don't want to see six Mm-mm. punts. But if you're going to do it, I mean, he averaged forty seven point two yards, and he pinned four inside the twenty. So you know, it was pretty solid part on on his behalf. But again, you don't want your punter out there six times if you can avoid it. But Again, it would have been more. There were a lot, you know, four turnovers in this game. Offense didn't do a whole lot on the season. Pinion, he's a forty-five point seven average, so he's nineteenth or so. So you know, pretty close to the middle. But his net, which is really solid, forty-two point seven, and that's good for eighth in the league, which is pretty fantastic. And he's pinned six now inside the twenty in three games. That's tied for fifth. So the, those are the two big ones. There is net and pinned inside the twenty, and he's top ten in both. So that's that's pretty good. It's his best day as a pro, I think, so far. Right. So, yeah, young players are going to keep getting better. So yeah. 
we're going to see better football than what we've seen from the 49ers. You know, they haven't really been able to run their full game plan. At worst, you'll get to see it right out of the gate. And hopefully no pick sixes this week. And we'll have a competitive football game there. Um, and I, I want to go to the mailbag real quick because Sean, at Metal Faithful on Twitter, uh, he, he kind of he, he gave us some stuff. We, yeah. I, I think one of the, and, and I kind of wear this as a badge of honor almost. We, we've... If anybody gives us bad feedback, it's because we're not Homerish enough, right? So I feel like I'm you know okay with that. we have some journalistic integrity here. We're we're trying to tell the truth about the 49ers. We're not trying to blow smoke up anybody's. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I bleed scarlet and gold, man. I, whew, man, it can ruin my day. I was I was pretty upset after those first two pick sixes on mm-hmm. Sunday, but at the same time, yeah, we're gonna tell you how it is. You know, I'm terrified for this weekend. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. And so after that, uh, Metal Faithful, he gave us a little bit of business on the Twitter about that last week. Just recently, he told us, I will understand if you have nothing positive to say on your next podcast. And we so found this segment some positive stuff. dedicated to Sean because <laughs> we like do it. have some positive things to say still. Yeah. Um, and I always, I'm kind of a contrarian guy. I'm, you know, against the grain kind of personality. So when everyone else is kind of crapping on you, you know what? Guess what? I can find some. I can find some bright spots, and when you're too high, I can probably find some things that I'm usually a crap back kind of guy. <laughs> okay. I'm getting crapped on. Well, I'll just throw it back at you. Yeah, yeah. You're like the uh, gorilla at the zoo. Yeah, <laughs> don't start. Don't you start with I, me. I will never throw poop at you. Yeah, Thank a, you for letting me know. It's a good idea. Let's look forward. Let's let's, uh, do it. let's bring in our Green Bay specialist. Yeah, introduce the man. All right, joining us now, he is a beat writer and multimedia specialist for the Green Bay Press Gazette. And PackersNews.com. You can find him on Twitter at Wes Hod. It is Weston Hockowitz. Hey, Wes, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me. So, Wes, Packers, they're rolling. 3-0, and offense looking unstoppable. Aaron Rodgers playing top of his game. All that being said, they aren't perfect, right? I mean, where, where are the holes in this team? Yeah, no, it, it's certainly, uh, I mean, obviously Rodgers is a, is, is a kind of a safe all for everybody. I mean, he's he's somebody that's going to clear up a lot of your your weaknesses. But the one thing that the Packers probably have working against him right now is their depth. Uh, that's certainly been tested here in the early part of the season, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. They lost Jordy Nelson, their Pro Bowl receiver, um, in the third preseason game. Uh, they, they obviously come back, and, and Brian Bulaga goes down at right tackle. That's that's been a, kind of a weakness for them ever since. They've been giving up quite a bit of pressure off the both both sides. And even now, Eddie Lacy is dealing with the sprained ankle. Devontae Adams is, is kind of up in the air whether or not he's going to play after aggravating an ankle injury as well. So a lot of questions as far as who's really going to be there uh, with Rodgers. And uh, the other side of, uh, you know, who's, who's going to kind of be the, the guys they're going to turn to. Andrew Corliss now goes down with a uh, MCL sprain after last year being one of his main targets the second half of the season. So really, it's just been mostly a question of injuries with them and if they're going to have enough depth to, to really survive this um, this early grind. But right now, yeah, Rodgers is, is playing at an MVP level once again and, and kind of you know hiding some of those holes. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm terrified for Sunday. I'm not going to lie to you, diehard Niner <laughs> fan over here. Larry Fitzgerald torched the 49ers in the slot over the weekend. The Pack have Randall Cobb, probably the best slot receiver in the NFL. I, we, we're talking about injuries here. I know he had that shoulder injury in the preseason. Is he fully recovered from that, or is it still an issue? No, he's not, and that, that's where it's kind of funny with these injuries. I could probably take up the entire podcast going over all the issues the Packers <laughs> have as far as their health is concerned. Uh, he sprained his AC joint, and that was actually his third preseason game. Uh, Jordy's uh, ACL tear came in the second one in Pittsburgh, and then the following week in Philadelphia, he, he sprained his, his AC joint. You know, for some guys, that would that might keep him out 
but you know the way that his was, it, it was a low enough degree that he felt he could play through it. He has complained a little bit in terms of it kind of limiting his range of motion. And even last week when he showed up on the injury report as a full participant, he, he immediately said afterwards in the locker room that it's still not exactly where he wants it to be. It doesn't appear to be holding him back any. Right. He's had two of his more productive games the last two weeks. But uh, that being said, it's something that the Packers are cognizant about and, and Cobb is also trying to stay on top of because – he really is. Without Nelson, I mean, he becomes the number one receiver in this mm-hmm. offense and a focal point for Rodgers. Wes, i got to ask you, since we're talking about Randall Cobb, his development from college QB to NFL wide receiver has been so impressive. Uh, it seems like he's taken another step in 2015. I love how competitive he is blocking downfield right. and, and some of the little things that maybe you don't notice if you don't watch the games, if you're just looking at the numbers he's putting up, which are crazy too. Um, you know, and Part of that is due to Jordy Nelson's injury, so he's kind of been thrown into that number one role. But was there a chance that he was destined to take that number one role eventually uh, as Aaron Rodgers' guy in Green Bay, even if Jordy was still healthy? Yeah, I think so, and I think he's going to be for the years to come because the thing is, as important as Nelson is in this offense, he's 30 years old now. Yeah, Cobb, Cobb when he signed his extension, was still only 24. Whew. I mean, it's just it's remarkable uh, how I mean when he gets his second contract, he signed a four-year, forty million dollar deal, and I know a lot of people were talking about, oh my gosh, you look at you know what you know Des Bryant got, and you know what some of these you know Thomas got. The thing is, the way that this deal is constructed, he will be a free agent again at 28. He'll be able to have another contract then, too, assuming everything stays up and up with his health. He was on that path. And the thing that's interesting about Cobb, he's more explosive than he is quick, uh, than he is fast. But at the same time, uh, there's so many different ways they can use him. And, and I know me and myself and my colleague, Pete Doherty, we were talking about this uh, during Monday night's game against Kansas City. There were so many times that Rodgers, the, where, the places he puts – passes to, to Cobb, you know, some of the lower ones, just how he's able to get down and, and snag those, and just the things that they can do with him out of the backfield. He's a dynamic football player, and even talking with uh, Jim Tomasula today, um, when we had our conference call uh, with with the opposing coach and, and quarterback, you know, he even mentioned, too, I mean, just how dynamic they can be with the different people that they can put out there, and Cobb's a big part of that. And yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's put thrust him into a kind of a bigger role for, you know, a guy that's only 25 now. Uh, that, that typically you don't see those guys as the, the longest tenured vets on a team, but being able to get back James Jones, this you know at the end of camp, you know the Giants cut him, the Packers signed him to a minimum deal, and you know he's catching touchdown passes oh. now too. So they found ways to replace Nelson in terms of productivity. Yeah, in the off season when when Cobb was a free agent, I was thinking, you know, I it it makes too much sense for him to come back to to Green Bay because under Rodgers, I mean, you're seeing with James Jones just. People produce under Rodgers. I mean, he's already among, uh, prob- I mean, he's probably the best signal caller in the league, and it seems like he's still getting better, which is crazy. I mean, you thought in coming into the year, Andrew Luck would be right there. He and the Colts have kind of stumbled a little bit out of the gate. Um, right. An angry Tom Brady with his supersized chip on his shoulder now. <laughs> he looks pretty good over there in New England. Uh, but Rodgers, man, his footwork is a clinic, just calm and cool. He's always ready to deliver the ball uh, from any number of arm angles, which is probably the most impressive thing right. to me, that little flip pass he did to uh, Eddie Lacy on Monday night. Just, right. His feet are always ready to deliver a ball, and he can get it out instantly. Are we watching a historically great NFL quarterback right now? Yeah, I think we are, and, and I, obviously that's – I get to see him pretty much every day. You know, So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that he does – I mean, he's the only quarterback I've covered in Green Bay so far in terms of their starter – so it's interesting, and everybody always comments about this. The things that he does, he does so simplistically. It's just it's so it's so basic. It just seems like, and it's so incredibly complicated. 
Uh, and you guys have probably noticed this too when you when you watch some of the things that the Packers are doing this year. They they run a no huddle offense. Uh, it's not exactly the the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not you know just trying to get down the field as quick as possible. It's strategic. It's mm-hmm. it's Rogers keeping an eye on you know if the defense is trying to substitute. If they are, he's going to try to catch you for twelve men on the field. He's trying to draw you offside with his cadences. He has a number of different cadences uh, that he uses. His mastery of the Packers' offense, you know, now with it being his 11th season and 10th season with McCarthy as his coach, it's incredible. And it's something that I know everybody, every coach we talk to every week, you know, even, you know, talking to, to a lot of people around the league, I mean, this guy is playing at a level that so few people have played at in the history of this game. And, yeah, if he, if he stays healthy, if he can get, you know, six, seven, eight, nine more years, I think he's probably going to end up going down to one of the best, you know, is one of the best, if not the best. I know a lot of times his, his teammates comment on that. But to, to your point earlier, as you mentioned, yeah, I think that was sure. one of the reasons that Cobb probably did stick around is that you know with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're going to get opportunities. Right. Uh, is, is James Jones that entirely different of a receiver <laughs> in Oakland as opposed to Green Bay? I, I don't think so. No, I he, mean, he's not. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not the receiver. I will admit, you know, he's not the receiver he was three, four years ago. He's at 31 years old now. But. It shows you, I mean, what, what having a, receiver, a, a trustworthy quarterback can do. I mean, even look at Arizona now, you know, when they get Carson Palmer back and his, you look at, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's differentials between when Palmer's his quarterback and when they have these backups. It's, it's staggering. And that's one of the reasons why the Packers are in the position they are right now. Right. And us, you know, doing a 49ers show here, and it's not surprising that Aaron Rodgers saw a lot of 49ers growing up in Chico, California as a young man. I mean, he, he reminds me a lot of Joe Montana yeah. with a lot of those traits you're talking about, being cool, delivering the ball. Placement, it's just it's the small things. It's not so much, you know, height, weight, speed. He doesn't just have a right. cannon and rocket it in there. It's it's the nuances of the position that is so impressive with him. And um, it's really fun to watch. And this Sunday, hopefully, it isn't that fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, you know, Wait. the 49ers, there's something that they can do. I mean, is there an area, whether it be offense or defense, that the 49ers could potentially exploit the Packers on Sunday? I know this is going to sound weird considering, you know, what, what you guys just went through there, but it, I think it's Kaepernick still. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and you asked me what the, you know, any negatives with this team and and I, I point to the injuries just because there's been so many of them. I mean, the Packers may be hard-pressed to have. Like, their inactives on Sunday may all be injured players. You know, I mean, they, they may have to even have a guy dressed in case of emergency that, that typically would have been inactive just because of what they're dealing with on both sides of the ball. But historically, Colin Kaepernick has been kind of kryptonite for Dom Capers' 3-4 defense. Uh, they just they haven't been able to, to maneuver it. And you go back to 2012, they were completely blindsided by it, even though, you know, if the 49ers had showed it a little bit, they had never done it, at least that I can recall the amount that they did in that playoff game and the Packers suffered for it. The next time they tried to overcorrect and, and then Kaepernick threw all over them because there were opportunities there with the zone. In this last time that they got him, it, it kind of looked like they might have had an answer for it, and then late, once again, he burns them with their feet. I understand Kaepernick's had a lot of issues, and, and right now it's not been a great start for him, particularly against the Cardinals. But I think that's going to be the key. I think it's going to be able to getting him out of the pocket again, creating opportunities, and seeing if even though you know, depending on how things may work out, Clay Matthews is an inside linebacker now. But I, I think that's going to be their best shot. And the fact that you know having Hyde there doesn't help is doesn't hurt is that either. I mean. The Packers right now 27th in run defense and you know and are giving up some opportunities at a pretty weak linebacker group. Yeah, you know, Wes, you mentioned it right there, 27th against the run. So, I mean, are they going to – is the Pack just going to be stacking the box on Sunday, daring him 
to to pass because you know four interception game he's coming off of and and Hyde has shown that that he's fast and strong and yeah I, I mean is it just going to be are, are the the is it going to be a read option kind of day for Kaepernick you think I I think it I think it should be if if I mean obviously you want to protect your quarterback and they have a lot invested in him now but I I think if if this team talking to Thomas Sula today and hearing what he's saying as far as how badly they need to get a win here and they got to get things corrected. I think that's the easiest path to victory, to me at least, or as far as an upset, if you can even call it that, considering their their history against the Packers here, at least recently. Um, that being said, when you mentioned stacking the box, I actually think the Packers' defensive line is pretty stout. They got some pretty good players there. BJ Raji's back from a torn biceps injury. He's playing pretty well at the nose tackle spot. Mike Daniels uh, is BT. He's kind of a sawed off guy, you know, kind of in the Geno Adkins mold, um, but has been really productive as a pass rusher. Mike Pennell, they're getting the Troy guy on back. They have bodies there. The problem is that inside linebacker group. That's where Clay Matthews has been rotating in. They lost their starter, Sean, uh, Sam Barrington, there in the regular season opener. Uh, the other guys that they have there are kind of unproven. Jake Ryan, their fourth-round pick, just strained his hamstring. Uh, that's where I think they can hurt, where, where teams can hurt them, is kind of side-to-side getting out in the open zone. Um, and that, that's where I think with Kaepernick or whatever kind of one-two they want to go with with Hyde, that, that's where they can potentially take exploit that, you know, Seattle tried to go and run right down the middle against the Packers, and they struggled with it uh, as far as the Packers were able to stop them. And then you go to the Week 1 game against Chicago. A week ago, they can't do anything right. Well, in the opener, they, they kind of almost look like a playoff team with what Matt Forte was able to do outside the tackle. So I, I think that's probably their best bet if there is one. You mentioned Clay Matthews, and he's inside now, and I think that might even be um, – and I'm, I, I don't know why he's inside necessarily, but but that could be one of the reasons playing against a guy like Kaepernick. So you have him – going sideline to sideline rather than right. because the, the 49ers had a lot of their success away from Clay Matthews right. uh, when they, they played them in the past and and Matthews and he had, he's so good and so athletic he does something that that you don't see really anybody else do in the league against the read option and it's something I've noticed with Matthews when he's on the edge what he can do is he he can he recognizes the read option and what he does is he takes steps toward the the running back so he forces the quarterback to read keep the ball and run but he right. still is athletic enough to run an arc from the running back and still get the quarterback. And I've seen him do it multiple times, mm-hmm. and I've, I've really not seen anybody else in the league be able to do something like that. Yeah, and that was one of the things, too. And not this has anything to do with the read option, but it reminds me of the play against Chicago. Again, Forte, the Bears, they ran for 189 yards against the Packers. That's one of the reasons why they're, they're kind of down right now and, and as far down the depth, you know, as far as their, their run defense right now. But there was one play where Forte was running kind of a, a stretch to the left Matthews is coming from the opposite side of the field and actually ran him down uh, for what otherwise would have been probably a, a touchdown run. There was no one else there, and he actually got him for like a, a one-yard loss. Uh, it was a remarkable play, and it does go to show you, I mean, kind of what his burst and athleticism and, and just kind of the dimension he brings. And I remember going back to 2012 and in the off season of that and talking to the Packers coaching staff, and they all agreed that Clay Matthews was their best, you know, he, he was by far – uh, their best option as far as spying Kaepernick or a read option type quarterback. The problem was is the Packers had no other pass rushers. They were they were lining up undrafted free agents across from Matthews. Ooh. And now they've slowly been building up that group. They invested a first round pick into Nick Perry in two thousand twelve. Still not he's not he hasn't lived up to being a first rounder, but he's a good rotational guy there. Mike Neal dropped some weight and went from defensive line to outside linebacker. And obviously the biggest thing was bringing back in, in, signing Julius Peppers. Packers rarely sign anybody, and they went and got him, and he's been a big uh, guy. That all, all those guys together have allowed the Packers to take Matthews out of that that 
outside pass rushing role. I, I'm sure he wants to be there. I'm sure that's his favorite spot. But he's been doing this for almost a year now. He, he made the switch last year at the bye week. And this defense, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, they've been a different defense since he's been there. And that is one of the reasons why I think the Packers have a little bit more optimism that they could potentially, you know, be able to contain Kaepernick better than they have in the past. Packers 49ers 125 Levi Stadium this Sunday. Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman are going to be calling the game, which means it's probably going to be nationally televised. That's right. The voice you've been hearing is Wes Hotkowitz. You can find his work Green Bay Press Gazette, PackerNews.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Wes Hod. Wes, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Wes. Yeah, thanks, guys. So the biggest thing for me with this game Mm -hmm. is short week for the Packers. Yeah, that's the only real bright spot. Like that and the 27th-ranked run defense. Like Those are the two uh, possible reasons the Niners can win this game. Other than that, I mean, oh, man. I mean, it doesn't look good. The Packers are 3-0. Right. It's so hard to be 4 and 0 in this mm-hmm. league though. It is. I mean, you're, you it's a long trip for them. Uh they they're playing on a short week. And as Wes said, you know, the the Niners have had the Packers numbers That's right, recently. They have. I mean, it's not the same team obviously, but, but some they're of the running same the same offense. Kaepernick is some of his best games have come against the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the kind of bounce back game, maybe it's a trap game, maybe Green Bay's already looking past the 49ers with how poor they've looked. Right. It, it's all possibilities. What do you, what do you think? You want to do a prediction on this? I there. I mean, there's no way I can really just with confidence say yeah. W on this. Right. So I have to predict a loss. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I don't know what the line is right now. It's something like it's not good. I think it's close to ten. Maybe. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, it's. I would take the Niners and the points and ten points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it could easily go the other way. It could look no a lot doubt. like the last two weeks have. I yeah, mean, but I just think that I don't think it will though. No, they're coming home. You know, they they've got a lot of respect. This is a these are grown men we're talking about here that play a football game. You know. Right. Yeah, and, and they're going to come home, and yeah, Rodgers is going to do what he does. But at the same time, I think Cat bounces back. I think Hyde has a big game. And I think the defense, the, the schemes get get better. They, they have to. They can't get worse, right? Right. They have to control the ball. They have to be able to run the ball. They have to be able to stop the run. They have right. to be able to, to pressure Rodgers a little bit. You know, maybe have a ball bounce their way. Yeah, and, need um, a little luck. And they have to score when they do get the chance. Football's a fun game, you know, and the ball bounces weird ways. It's an, it's an oblong ball, so uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm also <laughs> predicting a loss this week. It's, the ball is not round it's not it's not round we should rename our podcast the ball is not round (laughs) uh yeah unfortunately going going lost but i I see a much better game i'll be there and uh so if i don't have a voice next week you'll know why i'm there as strictly as a fan nice you're gonna rock the gold faithful t-shirt you know it dude 100 you know that reminds we do have another t-shirt to give away potentially hey if you see me at the game with my gold faithful shirt on there you go yeah call it out and i will give you that T-shirt. I won't have it on me, but yeah, give me a card or something. Give me, give me your Twitter handle, your address, and you you can win that T-shirt. We'll ship it to you if you see Nick with the gold faithful T at Levi's Stadium. Yep, man, it's gonna be. Uh, whew. Yeah, I'm scared. You know what? I'm terrified. I want to see a competitive game. Yeah, that's the key, man. We've seen what three competitive quarters of football this season from the 49ers. That's the first it. half of the the Monday night opener mm-hmm. uh, before, and you know, it's easy to forget. I mean, the 49ers imposed their will on the Vikings that night. So they have played well this season. Yeah, it's hard to remember that far it's back, so even though it was ago. only three weeks ago. Right. Um, you know, one quarter in Pittsburgh was competitive before Roethlisberger went all video game status, mm-hmm. and then capped through the game away so quickly so last quick. Sunday against the Cardinals. I can't remember a game that felt over so quickly. Yeah, yeah, I'm so with you on that. I so. want to see some competitive football. On Sunday at Levi Stadium, especially since I'm paying money to go see it. You know, as a fan, I, I want to see competitive football. Uh, I think we will. Let's let's just hope that we're right. 
Yes, let's. Hope. I, hate, I hate the thought of one and three, though. Oh, I don't like one and three, especially when you start out one and zero. Oh. Yeah, and then you got to go on the road at New York. Okay, let's There's not get There's still some of tough ourselves. matchups, yeah, yeah, but let's let's not look past the Packers. All right, big game this weekend. Um, right. Thanks no everybody for listening. Thanks to Ryan Sakamoto and Weston Hodkowitz. And uh, yeah, give us give us a rating on iTunes. Review the show. Let us know how you feel about it. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. You can find Nick at Bay Area Wink. And we will talk to you next time. See you.